Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Back at it again with another quarantine series edition of the Nickish Show. It's Mo and Nafi, and we're here again to to save the world. That's what we're doing here, right? Yeah, you threw up the bat signal, and I just you know happened to call you, and then that worked out somehow. I guess that's how Batman out. works, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you know. After we started, I think the the curve flattened. I think reporters came back to us, and they're like, "Oh, you guys fucking did it." I mean, they didn't reach out to me. Did CNN reach out to you to comment or? What you no, uh, well, it was ESPN and uh, TMZ, so must have been very legitimate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For real. They got the first scoop mm-hmm. and only scoop. Yo, <laughs> you just reminded me, like, you have you probably have you ever seen a clip of, like, Michael's, like, big shot when he's, like, young? It was, like, I think it was against uh, Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. So you just met your reporter. You just brought this to me. He hits the shot. And shout out to our, our homies at Mixtape because they did a live rewatch of this at YouTube. They're not our actual homies, but we appreciate their work. Um, but anyway, so they're doing a live a watch of like Jordan's last shot at the end. It's at the very end. He makes a shot. His reporter is like literally screaming, running towards him. He's just like, Michael, <laughs> Michael, <laughs> you stuck it. <laughs> Michael's like, yeah. <laughs> And the guy just screams, yeah! <laughs> His whole pitch just one of three octaves, bro. And, like, <laughs> see, <laughs> I died, but then just seeing the mixtape dudes die, it just, I don't know why that why that brought up to me. But I'm just thinking to myself, like, somebody comes to your doorstep. He's like, yo, you guys killed that episode. You guys <laughs> stuck that episode. You just said, yeah. Man just yelled back, yeah! <laughs> but, yo, on, on some real shit, <laughs> we're still quarantined here. And um, May 15th is coming up in two weeks. I think almost exactly two weeks. And you know, my May office 15th. is talking about us going back to the office. And I'm, I'm stressed as shit, man. This is gonna be, it's probably going to be like a second wave or, or whatnot. Bro, like, this shit see, isn't going away anytime soon. Using the latest news, like tr- Florida and George, they're just like, fuck a second wave. We're just going to open up back for business. We just pray the virus away. Like, and, then, and then I saw today... It's not funny, but it was, like, funny in, like, a dark way. And it's funny to me because it's, like, That's fuck Georgia. But they were just, like, in the last 24 hours since they opened up business, like, or started opening shit up in the last week, it was a thousand new cases. I'm just, like, you reap what you sow. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. They're protesting with their masks on, and they're, like, it makes no sense. And there are people out there, like, oh, I'm protesting the virus. What, what does that even mean? I'm protesting the virus. What kind of, like, it... Bro, I'm seeing sense. signs out there like, I want to get a haircut. And then, like, you compare that to just, like, Black Lives Matter saying, I want to not, like, get pulled over by police and die. Like, right. you see the comparison there? That's, like, mm-hmm. this is some serious shit we're starting off with, but, like, <laughs> All those come fucking on now. Karen Juniors are trying to go to their proms, and they're... they're hey, 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 we don't, we, don't, we don't practice slurs on this. Karens, like, come on now. Slurs? Really? <laughs> really, bro? We, we hold ourselves to a standard that, like, we need to maintain. So, like, apologize to the Karens out there because they will report you to your manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you about to get called into HR for some shit you had no idea could be possible. Which is like, the Karen will find a loophole. Trust me, they got nothing else but time on their hands right now. And just fake outrage and just, I don't know, bad haircuts. Yeah, they found a Muhammad doing uh, another... Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Your actual name is Muhammad. They will fuck you over, bro. Don't don't talk shit about the Karens. You got Beyonce's fans are crazy. The Karens and their and their fanhood of like white woman privilege mm-hmm. <laughs> blows everything else out the water. <laughs> how's your How's your work from home life going? I mean, to be honest with you, it's going fine for me. But I don't think like <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean. To be honest, it was like it was cool at first because it was like who the fuck wants to go to the work every day? But it's like 
Yo, I, I hate that, like, they, like, we mentioned this on our last podcast, but, like, that choice was taken away from us. Like, you know, being inside is cool sometimes, but, like, I, like you know, I like to have that, having that option there. So, like, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm at to the point where I miss going to the office, but, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just, like, you get that cabin fever, you know? What about you? How's it, how's, uh, how's it on the home front? Yeah, bro, I wake up at 7.59, walk a foot, start working at 8 o'clock. It's nice. And then I answer one email to show that I'm awake. And I go back to taking a nap. Yeah. And I wake back no. up. I love it because I don't because I normally don't get to work from home. It's never an option. I had to I had to really like beg for this option. And oh uh, shit, damn. Me. So yeah. you eating right now? Damn. I am. I I watch so much TV. You watch Community? No, nah, but heard good things. Yeah, I watched all six seasons in two weeks, and that's that's the first time I really binged that hard on a show. And uh, the first three seasons are amazing, and then it just drops so much in quality. It, was, Wait, remind me again. Like, community got some like big name players there, right? Like, get yeah. big name actors that like became big later on. Like, that's yeah. that show, right? John John Oliver is in it. Ken Jong is on it. Uh, what's his name? John McHale is on it. Like, these nice. guys are pretty big now. Is that the one we're fucking with uh, Star Lord? Or no, that's Parks and Rec, right? That's no, the other no, that's, like that's similar show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, Chris Pratt. That's Star Lord. Star Lord. You become no, Star Lord. I watched Infinity War two days ago for like the for like the twenty eighth time. 28? That's what we call virgin levels around here. Come on now. (laughs) Get your numbers up. Get your stats up. (laughs) (laughs) But no, no. You know what? You brought up Infinity War. I got a bone to pick with you. You Two bones to pick with you. Because I remember we we was uh, going into Endgame. Obviously, we hyped up about it. And we talking all things Marvel. One bone, you were telling me that like you thought Cap's entrance in the movie was corny. Come I on know, now. I, it's so corny. I skip through it every time. Are you kidding me, bro? That's one of the corniest entrances I've ever seen. All right, but I'm going to need like a step-by-step breakdown of how it's corny, bro. And then because, I shall offer a rebuttal. <laughs> all right, because Scarlet Witch and um, what's, uh, what's the android's name again? See, um, you don't even know what you're talking about. Look at this. Don't even know the facts of the case. I rest my case. Judge, the- case dismissed. What's his name again? Vision. Vision, yes. Vision and Scarlet Witch are two of the most powerful people in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Cinematic Universe. And they couldn't take on these three guys, uh, fucking Thanos' kids. Two guys. And then, no, there are three of them. The, there was... You might be right. There, No, there are three of them, I'm pretty sure. No, it was, it was uh, the tall... See, I wouldn't know because I keep skipping through the scene because it's so fucking lame. Bro, <laughs> first of all, this is offensive to me and, and the church I worship at. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not, I'm not having the slander. Second of all, all right, but 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 hold on. Let me. I, I even give you the play by play. So make it, make it they're case. they're getting their asses whipped by by Thanos's kids, and right. uh, all of a sudden everybody stops, and they're like, they they felt the vibe of Captain America, and like the train passes by, and then you see him, the beard. They felt the vibe. The that, that, that's that's what you took. Okay. No. They no, felt God, the vibe. God. They all stopped, and then mm, he mm-hmm, threw mm-hmm. one. He threw one like spear on him and that scared them away and Scarlet Witch and Vision couldn't do any of that and they got their they were getting their asses whipped but Captain America with his he didn't even have a shield like he he had nothing <laughs> right, on him and he scared them away with what I got fucking you. like high okay. jump and that, that's all he got well you're jumping the gun a bit cause that was gonna be my second like bone to pick with you my first bone to pick was just like the entrance alone but you just jump right to like my main uh, the main bone I wanted to pick with you but you didn't tell me how the entrance is corny though cause I Oh, to be fair, you brought this up when we was going to Endgame 2. You were just like, that whole, like, figure emerges from the shadows is cliche. You know what I mean? That shit's been going on in every pop culture and, in, in, like, movies, TVs and shit, cartoons forever. You know what I mean? We're just like, fuck, motherfucking Batman does that shit all the fucking time. Comes out the shadows. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he lives in the shadows. My point uh, is... You can't compare Captain oh, America to Batman. Oh, no. Cap is breaking Batman's neck and just, like, taking a piss on Batman's, like, white boy, rich billionaire privilege. But... That's neither here nor there. (laughs) That's neither here nor there. Oh, my God. You just shot on Batman? No, Batman raised me. Yo, the Batman animated series, top two cartoons of all time. You know what I mean? Like, let's not get it twisted. But let's not, let's not, you know what, that's another topic. We can move that, move, that's our next topic then. But I'm telling you, Cap would whoop his ass. But back to the entrance. With what? Cap literally. He literally just has a high jump. A little bit of muscle, and he was a science experiment. That's all he is. You just took fucking a science experiment with the shield. (laughs) Cap is literally super has superhuman strength, agility, quickness, all that. He he needs to get his hands on bats, and he's elite hand to hand. You ain't seen him, yo. 
come on now. Come on. You, now. Just, you just described Bane and Batman. K- All right. Well, well we're, we're getting Cap's stronger than Bane, too. He, that's literally the super soldier serum, dog. <laughs> but no, 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 no. All right. So my thing with the Cap entrance, or you're, you're kind of, I get it's cliche within like, the concept of like every movie and TV show ever. But like in Marvel, they never ever fucking do that shit. You know what I mean? And they save that like that like cliche like entrance from motherfucking Captain America. You know what I mean? And this is Cap within the context of like Civil War, two years on the run. We ain't seen him. He was clean cut, Mister Mister America before, right? Boom, he shows up, rugged beard, look like he been hitting all the essential oils and beard butter up in that shit. Mm, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Hit the castle. <laughs> <laughs> so like. That that's like I get it. Your point is like like that is true. You know what I mean? It's not it's not more so of that one particular like three four seconds. That whole scene annoys me. No, because but my thing there's is no you... way that their asses could get whipped, and then suddenly Captain America and uh and uh. But here's some like points of con- like here's my point so that I'm a, I'm gonna break this down. Two or like not two. Point one, they got. The Thanos's first of all, they're not Thanos's children. They like like to be called his children, whatever. But they got the jump on him. You know what I mean? That's the element of surprise. Like I know for a fact Brock Lesnar could break my neck. But if I come up on him while he's sleeping with a two by four, he'll break your neck. No, but I'm saying if I come up on him while he's asleep with like a large sledgehammer and just hit him over the head, I won that fight technically. That's the element of surprise. That's how they got him. Literally, vision. They just watching TV. Boom! You got a spear through the fucking chesticle. You know what I mean? Like, and then it literally. And then while he had, while he got stabbed, he literally. He, after he got stabbed, he was talking to Scarlet Witch. Yo, he stopped me from phasing. Literally, like he he lost his powers there. You know what I mean? That's how he got weak. You know, because Thanos and his people got that space like mystical fucking like weaponry or some shit. You know what I mean? That so then. And two, that leaves Scarlet Witch to fight two people at once, basically. And Vision can just hit help out here and there. You know what I mean? And my thing with Scarlet Witch, she's powerful as shit, but her power didn't really truly show itself until, like, she lost Vision and she, like, had all that rage. Because she whooped Thanos' ass in Endgame. That's mm-hmm. a fact. You know what I mean? But then you remember in Civil War, that was literally the, the last movie before Infinity War. She was like a rookie. Cap is, like, training her how to fight, be, like, tactical and shit. You know what I mean? She's like, what, 19, 20? So within the context, yeah, she's powerful, but she's young. She's like a young Gohan from DBZ. And, like, even though he he's stronger than Piccolo, Piccolo still had to show her the rope, show him the ropes, you know what I mean? So that's my so that's my po- point of contention. Like, yeah, they're stronger, but Cap and Black Widow, Black Widow is, like, the most deadly assassin, like, in the fucking planet, you know what I mean? And Cap is, like, the soldier of all soldiers. So they know tactical, like, maneuvering. And, like, they didn't whip their ass head up, but they had the element of surprise on them dudes, too. You know what I mean? So it wasn't about, like, overpowering them. It was just like, yo, we got the drop on you guys, and we outnumber you now. Because, like, my man, Black Captain America, came in with the fucking wings. You know what I mean? And just, like, pulled out the two pistols. He was like, bap, bap, I'm ready. Like, he's like, he pointed it right at him. You remember that? That was fire. But, I mean, that's, that's my whole, like, little thesis. Because <laughs> that shit's been ruminating in my head Because anytime I see Infinity War you I'm like waited. this shit How many I'm, years nah, to tell nah, me this? It, it's been a year <laughs> At least but, like four years No, no, no Infinity War Look cause you Oh, mentioned oh I mentioned last year you during Endgame Okay, so you waited a whole like, year yeah. Well, first of all Because every time I see this movie This man sounds crazy Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but Nah, I mean it, I'm, I'm going to give you the fair, like the chance to like rebuttal But like what was uh What's your estimation of my little analysis, I guess? I I mean, it's still corny to me overall, the whole scene. I, I never yeah. really liked Vision and Scarlet Witch together. I just I never I was never really a big Vision fan. I didn't like Age of Ultron, the movie. It was just it just seemed For real? it just seemed a little out of place. I really liked um what's what's his name? James Spader. His his like Oh Ultron, Ultron. like yeah. his, his voice play was perfect. It was amazing. <clears throat> I just thought the overall concept was it was a little too much like Thanos' concept, and it was it just seemed out of place. And Vision just yeah, yeah. he's supposed to have the brain of everybody and was supposed to figure things out, which I don't understand by the way how he couldn't figure out what to do with himself to fix himself until uh, Black Panther's sister figured it out before him. She's not supposed to be uh, she's not supposed to be smarter than him. Because he has everybody's brains combined and then some. He's Vision. I mean, I didn't realize that either. But then, like, apparently, like, in the comics, he's literally the smartest, like, Marvel character. Okay. Which is kind of fire. You know what I mean? I didn't know that. Yeah, so, like, she's apparently, like, smarter than Tony. So, like, 
like fun fact apparently like one of the directors or whatever was saying how like remember in the beginning of infinity war he's like shows up with his suit and then like hulk is like yo where that come mm-hmm. from and he's like nanotech and then he's like before he could say where he got it from he got like slapped upside the head and sent flying he got the nanotech from like wakanda apparently because you remember that's how like uh, t'challa's suit yeah, was yeah, yeah. you know what i mean so like you know Wakanda was like it was like Switzerland. They was they, they had no like side in the Cap versus Tony beef, so they was cool with both of them. You know what I mean? So, fun fact. <laughs> but good point about Vision not realizing what to do. But I also think it's just because, like, I think he knew what to do because he was the one that brought it up. Like, yo, y- y'all just gotta kill me. <laughs> this man Thanos is gonna kill everybody. Just kill yeah, me. But you know what I mean? Charles' sister needed you know X amount of time to figure out how to do it without killing him. She figured it out, but he couldn't figure it out. That, that's what I'm saying. He well, that's the thing. You can't operate on yourself. I mean, Vision, is a very smart, handsome uh, robot. But it was the, but it was the idea of it, the concept of what to oh, do. Yeah, yeah. He didn't figure you're that right, out, right, and I right. thought that was a weird, you know, thing to happen. I thought that was like a plot hole, but maybe not. I mean, I want to say it's a plot hole because, like, remember in Ultron, like Tony was just like he's made up of like U- Ultron. You know what I mean? He was like a, a robot, like designed to like bring peace. And then, um, what was the other one? Jarvis, who's basically like Tony's butler, who's all yeah. about like technology. It's, it's all like technology to, oriented, yeah, but it's supposed to be. But then, like, no, no, I was just gonna say, but even just like, remember Tony was just like, because he Tony defers to like Brute Banner a lot too in these mm-hmm. movies, because he's like, yo, this is out of my area of expertise. Like, that's that's how I think that's how it is too. Vision can't just be like, he probably knows like the technological shit, but that that comes down to like bioorganics and what have you. Like, He's supposed to have the brain of Banner too. They said it. It's supposed to be Stark, Banner, oh yeah, that's true, Jarvis, that's true. and Ultron together. So I'm like, there's no I way T'Challa's sister is smarter than that, but I guess she is. I mean, she Apparently literally she is, is though. Yeah. It's can It's like a thing in the com- so like once you kind of take that into account, it makes sense because that that was like a moment where it's just like, okay, we know like Tony and Cap are gonna gonna be gone, so we need to make the cast of Black Panther look badass as hell. You know what I mean? Because they're gonna carry Marvel in the future. So it's like, okay, T'Challa's little sister is apparently like the Dexter Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Like she, you saw her coming with her little blasters yeah. in the movie, like a pew pew pew. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, you go, girl." <laughs> nah, that was pretty fire yeah, though. I did love the scene. We we jump in Endgame, but I did like love the scene where it was all like the woman heroes. Super fire. That was. That was super super. Oh, <laughs> uh, yo! Speaking it, of which, like... it, this is a this is a very weird transition. I hope I don't offend anyone this way, but I started watching Black AF on Netflix. It's such a good show. You should you should watch. I highly recommend it. I heard about it. I heard like mixed things though. The uh, the uh. guy who created Blackish, our guy, our man, uh, Kenya uh. something. I forgot his last name. He created it. And it's like oh shit, it's like his life. And it's it's a it's a good show. Ah, uh, pardon me. Yeah, the man that actually like pays us for the rights to use the ish. Pretty much, you know, yeah. in his show. Yeah, people don't re- people don't know. People don't realize that. But fun fact, fun fact. Just dropping jewels on quarantine. You didn't realize about Hollywood, but that man. I don't even know his name. I just his hit his check gets cashed though. <laughs> But no, that's that's what's up. I might need to check that. Out. I did check out Extraction. My man throws a Bangladesh just whooping on eleven year olds. Was it good? I heard it was big fire. I, I heard it was just too much action, and they didn't make Bro, big, it's they didn't make, like Bengalis look good. Like to, in I, any, no, I mean I don't. Point. I mean, cause like in the context, it's like it deals with like drug lords and gangsters and like corrupt cops. So like in that end, that's the same shit. It's just like if you watch any mobster movie ever, and like they got corrupt cops. And like corrupt like people, then like could you imagine just like a, a black or white person? You say, oh, it's just making black people look bad. No, it's just depicting crime. You know what I mean? So I think that's just like a combo of hypersensitivity and like a lack of critical thinking. You know? But then I mean, whatever. I mean, I thought it was fire. Like no joke. Like to get off that serious shit, I thought it was super fire. <laughs> it was. I don't. It's not a spoiler, but it was just funny as shit. Like Thor was in there. It was a scene where he just whoops on <laughs> some eleven-year-olds. But in the, it sounds terrible. Like. 100%. Don't be hitting your kids, ever. But in the context of the movie, whoo! <laughs> I, n- <laughs> I was jumping on my couch like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Whoop his ass. Throw that motherfucker through a windshield. That's not a spoiler. I wanted him to do that. Yeah, when does Men in Black, I, when does Men in Black come out with him? Or did it already come out? I didn't even know. That was the last summer movie, I think. Yeah, it's okay. Like, a pandemic just ruins all our senses of time. So it did come you know out? Mean? Yeah, it came out last year oh, with uh, Tessa Thompson, yeah, right? Yeah, the Valkyrie. I don't know if that's her name, hey. but yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a hero name, but uh, oh, I didn't realize 
Actually, not like I realized it later on, but like Joe Russo produced Extraction, yeah. so like explains why it's so fucking fire. Yo, <laughs> like, Joe, the fight scenes is Joe, crazy. Both bro. the brothers uh, actually are executive producers of Community. Community. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that too. So yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Those are the big names I mean, that I missed. Shit. You talk about the come up, like that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yo, props to them. Them dudes is forever gonna be in my heart. Like they pulled it off. Like this is like a year in, in the making. We never actually did an end game reaction, but they actually—that's impressive in itself. What they managed to weave together of like a decade plus of storytelling into that movie, crazy, crazy what they yeah. did. Like I, I have no, I have no complaints about Endgame. Beautiful Yo, movie. The last, but like, yo, no gas. That last hour of Endgame, like greatest cinema all time. This is like. Literally, it hits that like that that mark where it's like an hour left in the movie, and all mm-hmm. shit goes crazy. Mm-hmm. My man Thanos just blows up that house and sits on their porch. Like, all right, what you gonna do about it? <laughs> Big fire, <laughs> <laughs> super fire. That's the kind of disrespect. I'd move. Like, if you did that to me, like you just break my door down, and he's like, "This is my door now." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I guess I'll leave." Then. <laughs> right, but then, nah, nah, nah. But the big three came. They're just like, "All right, let's go whoop his ass." Super fire. Yeah. But um, wait. You said you had no complaints with it. That surprised no me. No complaints. No. Nah, I love. I love. I love Thanos, and like he's he's one of those villains who makes you think on whether or not like his mission isn't too evil, or like if there's some truth to what he's saying. And it really, I feel like it really pertains to what's going on today. Unfortunately, this is so fucked up. But like in, during Infinity War, he's just like all these people are dying. He's like, oh, this day extracts a heavy toll. But then he's like, but the mission mm-hmm. is half the people need to go so the other half can survive and humanity can keep going or whatever and it's 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 crazy the i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go this shit's getting recorded i'm not gonna go any further than that no 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 i'm gonna say it flat out you right (laughs) not thanos was right like you fucking see that meme everywhere now like i might just get there's definitely t-shirts out there that say thanos is right you know what i mean like i might just get one especially now like literally people are protesting their right not to just like go get a haircut or some shit. Americans, like, and then yeah. I, I saw a New York Times reporter say that like the majority of the protesters are people that have not been financially affected by the pandemic. As in, like they, they have their jobs, they got all that, but then like they're the ones out there protesting, but not the essential workers and minorities and people that gotta keep going to work because they don't got like office jobs like we do, where we got PTO and shit too. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. I don't know. We're we're circling back to some real shit. Yo, I, anyway, yo, I, I, I right. want to add one Agreed. more thing to that. You know, in Canada, there was that mass shooting three days ago. I think twenty-two people. Oh died. yeah, I know where you're going. Today with this. they going they with this. banned all assault rifles. Within three days, they they did that. All of them. Imagine that. Imagine that swift action to a catastrophe by a government. Yo, they don't. Who they knew? don't have to work that, that much harder than they have, they have to work a lot less than us to get their unemployment money, and it's just. Anyway, I don't, this this show isn't supposed to be too political, brother. Brother, we're not we're not touching on anything that hasn't been known for over like a hundred years now. Like America is, you know what I mean? Like it's a falling empire, yeah. is what it is. It's empire is like a, is is a, is a tough thing to sell right now on me. But I mean, if if that's a if that's a word that can be used to describe America, sure, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Thanos, Thanos. right. Indeed, he's very, very right. Very much just, so. Just, just like that. Just, <laughs> just snap and just like every fucking idiot, just gone. Poof. That's a utopia right there. My man was right. Like, but um, yo, on some real shit though. I I was like I was like doing I I deserve a medal for how well I I I kept it together at the end when Tony died. Like I, I uh, your man was uh, your man being me, aka me. <laughs> I was saying right was next there, to you, just like, I, I, yeah, exactly. And I was like, nah, not about to cry in front of these, uh, in front of the homies. <laughs> not about, to, not about to do this. <laughs> that's just, just facts. Just, that's all it is. Oh man. <laughs> but also, real shit though. Like part, like part of me does like want like just them to release a, like the 
bootleg version of the movie, like with HD and everything, but with the crowd reaction, because uh, you can't do a Marvel movie premiere week and not be at like a live crowd. Yeah. That's part of the experience. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just, I feel like that's just any big superhero movie ever. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because like our people, when we go to this shit, we get into it because uh, we actually care about these characters. You know what I mean? So like, you probably did I see Dark Knight with you? Dark Knight I don't, Rises, I don't right? think Dark Knight Rises. I don't know if we saw Dark Knight. Damn, we're, we're Yo, stepping was back. Yo, that not an event? We're, we're, we're going Yo. back to 2007, damn. But 2011, I think 10 or 11 was Dark Knight Rises. But I'm talking about the original Dark Knight. Yeah, I think, no, no. I think Dark Knight Rises was 2012. Remember that? I brought my homie with me. You know was it 20? It might have been 2012. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it was like, you remember that? We went to the midnight premiere, that was... and that shit was just like jumping. Like, everybody had like three cans of Red yeah. Bull going in. And did, like, we see, did, you, did we see Harry fire. Potter together, too? Because I went to the midnight premiere for that, and that was that was. Yeah, crazy. I did. And I remember I remember that vividly because we was all, it was like a madhouse just waiting to get into all the theaters, yeah. you know what I mean? And I'm just hearing like some girl just be like, please don't spoil it for me. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> These books been on the shelves since I've been, like, I was in preschool. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> How is it possible to spoil it? The book came out five years ago before the movie came out. Like, how? But, man, I mean, shit, people don't read. Ironically, I actually started rereading it again, like, in the last few weeks. I finished the first book. I'm on the second book now. Oh, shit. Does it hold up? What do you think as an adult now? What's that? What do you think of the book as an adult now? You know what I mean? Does it hold up? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Um... I, I don't know. I, I read it already like three, four times each, but um, but it's still really good. I got it's you, still yeah. really good, but I guess I can see I can see through it a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I would take it as seriously if I read it for the first time today. Mm, gotcha. I mean, yeah, obviously it's made for young adults. Yeah. So like, you know how cool it was when you go to the library and you're like 13 and you're like, oh, I'm gonna go get a book from the young adult <laughs> section. <laughs> I'm I'm big now, <laughs> but like you know, it's for kids basically. But it's like obviously you know. Just, you know, if it, if it's, I feel like most people just read enough nostalgia. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, obviously. You know, there's nothing wrong with nostalgia, but my thing, like, kind of, like, turns me off from going back to read the books. is like, you see, like, J.K. Rowling is, like, every other fucking year now is just like, oh, you know, I actually meant for this character to be gay or some shit. Like, okay, how does that matter now? You didn't write it in the book. She's literally, like, just be throwing out details about characters that was not in the books, but, like, trying to build the universe. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? She was just like, I think she said something along the lines of, I don't want any Harry Potter stands on me, first of all, disclaimer, I don't care that much. But she said something along the lines of like, oh, Hermione was supposed to get with Harry or some shit. And I was just like, okay, what, is that, what does that do for us now? Well, people could still be asking. <laughs> what, what that? That, that could just be responses to people just hitting her up all day, every day on Twitter or whatever, and she's just responding. And that response just gets broken out into the news. Oh, okay. So you just got a part-time job on J.K. Rowling's PR. Side. No, I'm just, okay. I'm just using. Uh, <laughs> All right, <laughs> some logic. All right, Mister, <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Rowling. <laughs> but no, I don't know. I think it's just kind of weird, like the the Dumbledore being gay thing. That's like a legit thing that happened. No, but that that How was that? they brought that up years ago. That was that's a long time ago. They brought up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, but that was that was it, like after like the fourth she, or fifth she, book came out that she was insinuating or kind of hinting that he was. I mean, she, like, may have, like, maybe hinted it in her book, but, like, she came out, like, this is, like, well, like, years after, the, like, the last book came out and, like, the last movie came out, it was, like, she basically said, oh, he's gay or, like, whatever the fuck. And I'm just, like, okay, I mean, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's, like, what is, how does that, how does that help your, your book age? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just think, like, it, it could be. As, as a creative person, I, you're doing a disservice to, like, your creation. You know what I mean? If you just go retcon some shit, you know? Like, there's probably more examples out there. There's probably a whole Wikipedia page out there of, like, J.K. Rowling edits in the last five years. But I don't know. Random topic I did not expect to discuss yeah, today yeah, on the podcast. But we're bringing the good uh-huh. stuff. <laughs> but no, I feel like you had another rebuttal waiting. You just, I see you on the webcam just about to, like, jump through. Like, nah, you're not about to slander my ladies. No, name. again, I, I think that was just a, a response to a person. But also, I feel like the, these books are, were written at a time when... You know, Democrats were still against gay marriage. And wow, I, I cannot believe we're talking. I never in the last year and a half that we started this thought that we'd be talking about gay marriages and politics there's, and Democrats. There's literally and, no sports stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 that's and the I, wildest yeah. thing. It's I just... think it was, it was at a time when even like Obama was voting against it. And then I think they, she decided when people were more you know, open-minded and I, more reasonable. All right, all right, fair, fair. All right, all right, let's put it on the scoreboard. Let's go put it on the scoreboard. Score one from me in the Infinity War debate. You got one here. You got now. zero points let's, from let's the Infinity one, War one debate. You got no points from that. 
I'm still gonna skip through the scene. You did. You you can skip it. Subjectively, you can, but like none of the, it's not a plot hole. I'm just I addressed all your points. You didn't address mine, so I take that's a win for me. I just gave you this J.K. Rowling thing. <laughs> it's it one apiece. We one up. I game point. We we usually know how that goes in our lifetime between you and me. We, we know. Let's talk about that one game when you were. 13 and I was 11. We, we still going back I'm to talk, that? I'm talking about it. I'm talking about a game uh, a daily uh, <laughs> from our ages like, what is it, like 12 to 18? I don't know. Whenever we was playing ball for like every day. But yeah, people not here just hear our washed high, uh, like basketball stories. Or, unless they are. I mean, I don't know. No. But we, we probably <laughs> should get on to basketball at a point. Talk about the Knicks. Because there were, they were oh, there's yeah. a bunch of actual good, sh- good shit to talk about. There are two main things. Um, in this pod, I wanted to bring about a point, and just to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I want—I don't. You want to start with Scott Perry or CP3? Because those are those those are two big things that Knicks fans today are debating on. We can talk about Scott Perry because that's an an actual thing that happened. CP3 is at this point just a concept. Like, um, yeah, I think it was cool that we kept Scott Perry. I mean, I don't think it's cool. It's just like I, I mentioned on the last pod. I'm just indifferent on him. You know what I mean? At this point, like, you could probably make a case either way. And it's probably mad Nick po- Nick's podcast that, like, discusses ad nauseum in the last couple of days. But if you've just been on Nick's Twitter at all and, and with when this happened, it's like, man, people just throwing a hissy fit. I'm just like, are you really that worked up over Scott Perry? Or is it just, like, residual scar tissue from, like, Steve Mills? You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's definitely some cons to Scott Perry and probably his approach from what you what you can see and like his moves throughout the years and as an executive especially you know since he's been with the Knicks but I don't see how you could just be like treating him like he's Isaiah Thomas but I don't know that's just my two cents what do you think what what do you think of just us keeping keeping him for a year I'm I'm 100% down at keeping him for a year they got we got a new president I don't think every time there's a new president that warrants a new GM that's that's what we've been doing every regime it's about time we try to keep a guy for his third season. Who well, I don't I can't remember the last time that we had a GM for three straight seasons. Steve Mills, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> Steve Mills. Uh, I mean, objectively, if we speak objectively, <clears throat> Steve Mills, uh, not Steve Mills, Scott Perry ran the Kings garbage franchise, the Magic garbage franchise. He gave a Victor Oladipo and uh, some some other guy. I forgot his name. Uh, he he Pacers guy. Sabonis. Literally, literally the package that was used for Paul George, by the way. But like my thing is like he was the assistant GM there, but yeah, go, go ahead. I mean, was I was he? Where okay. going with this? Uh, but yeah, he, yeah, that was that was Rob Hennigan, OKC right. Thunder alumni. He had he just has a history of you know with just being with bad franchises. But objectively, with the Knicks, we're in a position where we have probably the best cap space in the NBA or third best cap space. We have probably I think the third most picks in the NBA, and we have a young core. When was the last time we had a young core? And um, he drafted uh, uh, Mitchell Robinson. That's a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, did he set did he a, set up RJ Barrett for success for his first season? No, because he brought in Julius Randle. He brought in Alfred Payton. But Julius, only thing yeah. I'm a, only thing I was just gonna take issue with is that when you said, "Oh, we got a young core with that emphasis." That emphasis was warranted last year. I think this year we got to tape t- tamper that bit. Like Mitch showed, he's still still what we thought he was. I think RJ too to an extent. I don't know about Knox. But all these guys are in their first and second seasons. That's still a young core. They're all still 21 and below. I mean, I'm just – yeah, we we actually have a young core. You know what I mean? But I I don't know. I took took umbrage with that. Are you saying that they're not good enough to be considered a core, or you're saying that it's not an excuse? I mean, we're going off topic again because, like, I wanted wanted to see where – where you were teasing out that Scott Perry? Yeah, it's, it's mostly you, just it's mostly mind. just Mitchell Robinson and um, I think Leon Rose needs to have some familiarity there. He's he's brand mm-hmm. new to the stage, but also uh, there's one point that I saw on Nick's Twitter. Twitter, um, who else could they have signed right now during a pandemic? You want these to be done? You want these interviews to be done in person? You exactly. want to be able to talk to people? And right now, Scott Perry is a safe bet for one <clears> year. I think I think that's fine. Yeah, I mean that was my first thought that came up. It's like. Like who's like hiring out there like that? You know, right now. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, like, like you said, Rose is like brand new just to this this whole field, basically. I mean, not technically, because like to me, I think like too much too much was made about like Leon transitioning from being an agent into this. You know what I mean? But we could actually probably just get into that right after this Scott Perry topic, because you know I wasn't I wasn't around for for when y'all touched on that. But um, where was I going with this? Yeah, but 
Yeah, Rose is new, and obviously Kobe. I think you'd have to be a fool not to think that Kobe didn't play a role in this. You know what I mean? Because like, it's not like they oh we're gonna keep him indefinitely. They literally announced that like oh he's only getting a one year extension. You know, I think my thing is one like Leon's been an agent for a minute, and he has an established relationship with uh, Perry. You know what I mean? Remember in, the, in Leon's first game, he was like looking mad cozy, just sitting with Perry. They look like chums. You know what I mean? And Perry, like, what was, what was the thing that everybody was saying when he came here? He's, he has so many connections around the league. Leon is obviously that connection, one of them connections. So I think it just makes sense for him to, like, do his one of his, like, friends a favor. Like, Leon I'm speaking of. Like, him, Leon doing his friend to Scott Perry a favor by keeping him on for a year. Kind of, um, obviously, with this unprecedented situation, he wanted, like, somebody with institutional knowledge that he could kind of, like, one, could, like, Scott Perry could show Leon the ropes, you know what I mean? But then also, two... Like, I think Leon can, like, use Scott Perry in terms of, like... Like, Scott Perry been here for a couple years, but he's also still relatively new just to the Knicks, like, organization. Because, like, the thing that most reporters say is that there's people in the, in the organization right now that have been there for, like, so many regimes, you know what I mean? It's just, like, they just compile up. Because, like, all these new people come in, they'll add their friends or add some people, but then the, the top people will get fired, but then those same people are just still there, you know what I mean? Like, the stat... So it's just, like, an accumulation of just so many different parts... <laughs> So I think Scott Perry being, like, still relatively new, he could give Leon, like, the actual 411. He's like, all right, these are the guys that I brought in. These are the guys that was here when I came here. They don't actually do shit. I don't even know that guy. <laughs> he, he steals people's staplers. You know, like, some shit like that. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that helps because it's like, I think it was it was definitely I was listening to, like, the Posting and Telsing podcast. I'm not about to rip their point off, but it's just like you and I could relate because, like, in the corporate world, any business, any smart business makes like prag like approaches like changing an organization pragmatically you know what i mean it's just not like all right yo boom i'm here these people are out i'm gonna bring in who i like nah you gotta have like an actual process a vetting process to like build out your staff but that just brings me to my next point like scott perry staying i think is a minor deal compared to like who leon actually brought in like you saw the news about brock aller right yeah the dude from the Cavs. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big move, but like I want to get your take on that. I I don't know. I to, kinda touch to be on honest, Scott I don't know too much about Brock Aller. I didn't read up on him. From what I gather, he's like all about like the cap. He's like a financial guru, okay. and he's like, you remember like obviously it's like it's a LeBron team, but you remember back when LeBron was on the Cavs? It's just like every year they was just doing like all in moves to like squeeze out every like cent of their salary cap to fit as many players on to like build that championship team for mm-hmm. LeBron. That was, like, Brock apparently was, like, the architect behind that in, ter- in terms of, like, making numbers work. He's the type of dude that's, like, you. I remember you brought up, you compared Leon to a mobster. Yeah. What's the most important role in, in, in the mafia aside from the boss? The numbers the guy. guy yep. The bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. That's what Brock Aller is. You know, so if Leon's, like, the motherfucking the Jew Tony Soprano, boom, he got his consigliere now. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the comparison I could make because yeah. it's like, from what I could tell, like, I saw, um, this is also an understated point that I haven't heard on any other Nick podcast show exclusive right here. I, I need you to drop the a Funkmaster Flex, like, bomb right now. I think I read because I read that uh, Brock Aller was, like, apparently mad close with Dan Gilbert. Like, Dan Gilbert, like, really trusted him. And I think that was mad appealing to Leon just because, like, Leon knows he's about to work with a difficult owner. Mm-hmm. Like, facts. That I think that's what it is. And, like, aside from Dolan, I think Gilbert got, like, the worst reputation as an owner in the league, or, like, arguably. So, like, if that dude can, like, really warm up to Dan Gilbert, who's, like, from by all accounts, he's, like, a piece of shit. Petty you know as fuck. I mean? He runs... He's, he runs a predatory, predatory loan business that, like, preys on poor people. You know what I mean? So, like... Fuck that dude. And he's also a Trump supporter. So, like, if we're going to stay on that political, like, slant on this podcast, like, that's just my stance on that. You know what I mean? But if, if like, Brock Aller can literally, like, make Gilbert fall in love with him like that, then I think Dolan could, like, trust him. And if you – we've seen just, like, case in point, Steve Mills. If Dolan trusts you, you set for life, basically. Steve Mills, Herb Williams, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all these people, basically. So, but – like on a roundabout way, I think it's dope because like their title. You, you saw the title they're giving them, VP of Strategy. Wow. Like I think that's fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like a mad broad term, but you could tell like, um, he's not just gonna be a numbers guy because I saw Ian Bagley saying he's gonna be like Leon's right hand man. So like I think it's just like Scott Perry. He's the quote unquote GM. You know what I mean? He's just like a babysitter that's just gonna 
train Leon for a year and then he's out, you know. So I thought that was a fire move. Like, but otherwise, I don't know shit about him other other than like what I just read, where I just kind of broke yeah. out. So I think like I did also read this is I don't know if you caught this too, but apparently one of Brock's like in like goals or like what people like assume is want to be one of his goals is like he's gonna like look to like trim the fat on the organization like if they're literally mad dudes that could like together be doing a job of like t- one person like them dudes is gone you know what i mean so i think that's 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 what i call like the corporate field that's called being agile so shit fuck it if we could get a nerdy dude in i've been begging for the knicks to become a nerdy organization bro because those, those are the ones that win like that's 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 a straight up fact yeah is he is, but, uh, is, is he's like daryl Morey in that sense or is he just mostly money guys? Uh, a money guy. He's he's. I don't. They didn't mention anything about analytics, but like if he's like literally like a, a salary cap and like mathematician guru, like he's literally like the accounting guru, then that man would probably make love to a calculator. So I'd assume like <laughs> him and like Daryl Morey like engage in. I don't know. Like they probably exchange texts. Like they seem like birds of a feather. I don't know. I was about to say something a lot more. I know. Dirty, I, 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 I sense that coming. <laughs> 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 nah, we got canceled the last episode, so I can't. Nice. So two, th- three cancels, you're out. You know what I mean? So I got to save. So let's let's go on to CP3 then, because now Bagley reported that CP3 is being eyed by by members of the Knicks organization as someone to uplift the culture. Or some shit like that. So what do you make of that? I can tell by your tone you you skeptical. Skeptical of the of the idea of the, the point guard <sighs> as Washington. You know, my news. first reaction is is being skeptical, but if I thought about it a little bit more and I honestly I would have been a lot happier if we got this report next year, obviously, because it would be an expiring contract, but I think with two years to go I I haven't checked out what the free agency class is the next two years. I know this year is is it's okay. Brandon Brandon Ingram is probably our best shot, uh, and who and who might want to get a Zion Shadow? He's a possibility, but not a big uh, Van Vliet. Van Vliet, yeah, no. twenty six years old. He'll he'll kill it. He deserves a max contract. I, I would looks like a Puerto Rican barber. <laughs> it's a plus. <laughs> and uh, well, CP three, I think. It's it's too it's too big of a risk because he's he, he's getting what a three million in the next two seasons it's just not it's not worth it but I wouldn't be too I I would be upset but not like I wouldn't be enraged by it because I think he would make his teammates a lot better I think he has a history of making players around him much much better we saw it with James Harden we saw it with Shea Gilgeous Alexander we saw it even with Danilo Gallinari who had a resurgent season last season and. He's just he's just a winning guy, and for a team that hasn't been a winning team in almost a decade now, it's important to get a guy like that. Even if we make it to the ninth seed, if we get a guy who can teach these younger guys how to win for the next two years, it's not that bad. And this is a point guard. This is one of the greatest point guards of all time. And you know, we don't really have a point guard. If they can get rid of Dennis Smith Jr. and Julius Randle within that package, it's not that bad. I don't see, like, once you accept the fact that we're not going to tank, like, period, now that Leon is in, I bet, I think that's the whole impetus behind bringing Leon in, like, one, because, like, Dolan has a relationship with him, because Leon was obviously, like, Melo's agent for Mad Long, and he still is, or was up until he took our job, right? So, like, he probably, he obviously had a close relationship with Dolan, and probably planted the seeds, like, come take over our organization way back when, you know what I mean? I bet you Dolan has mad respect for him just about how, like, Rose moved business-wise. But keeping that in mind, I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> what would you say? My fault. <laughs> Which part? I, I thought. I thought. It was, I thought. I don't think it's that bad of an idea to get oh. Chris Paul. Oh yeah, CP3. Okay, yeah. What was I going with this? Fuck There's just that one big risk factor of him getting injured at that age, and it'll cost us a lot of money. And it's just a matter of is that risk worth it for the rewards of him being a, a locker room leader and definitely improving the playmaking and just the general winning culture of the Knicks. Oh yeah. So I realized why I brought Leon Rose up. Cause he was also like CP three's agent. Yeah. Yeah, right? he was. So, so I think that plays a part in just like him suddenly popping up in rumors. I think that was my overarching point. But, um, if like we were to pursue that 
in terms of just like that big money and obviously his injury history, him being old, you know, that's a that's a major factor. But um oh yeah. I brought up the fact that once you accept the fact we're not gonna tank, you know what I mean? So Leon came in and like if you remember one of the early reports or one of the early I think even it was just like he may have officially released it in a statement, but Leon was just like he told Mike Miller to keep winning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like I think that was like a major kind of indication of just like Leon's not gonna come in and just and want us to tank, you know. As much as it would be, like tanking is still a smart strategy to me. Even with the decreased odds, it's just mathematically just a smart thing to do. But I think Leon at this point, like Dolan Dolan trusts Steve Mills, and Steve Mills has probably told him from Mad Long, yo, I'm gonna get you Kyrie and K D. Don't even worry about it. That's how that's how Dolan went on the radio and just made a fool of himself. Like, you know what I mean? Like before that before Dolan went on the radio last year, was it like a year and a half ago or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like all all the shit that was coming out was coming from reporters, but then like the shit that would come from the Knicks or whatever would be leaked from the Knicks, it would just be like quiet confidence, you know what I mean, about getting KD and Kyrie. But then Dolan blew that all up and just brought mad attention to us by going on the radio and probably like, you know, he probably upset KD first of all. I don't know why I mentioned that, but oh yeah, so he Steve Mills obviously probably f- promised Dolan that yo, I'm gonna get you these uh, these stars, you know what I mean? We're just gonna be shit for a little while. And then when we get the stars, we'll flourish and y'all be co- uh, we'll be fine, right? That didn't happen, obviously. So Dolan's probably just fed up at this point because we haven't been in the playoffs since 2013. Um, he didn't even do like a uh, – apparently he maybe like reached out to some other people, but I don't think it was reported that they did a vast search for the president. You know what I mean? Once they let go of Steve Mills, it was just – Dolan probably had a short list of people he would consider. And I bet you Rich Kleiman was like on that list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, he didn't, if, he didn't, if he didn't bring KD to the, to the, to the Nets – he was definitely going to be on that. That was like, when he tweeted that shit, we didn't take that as like a joke. We legitimately thought, okay, that's a sign. Mm-hmm. KD's coming to the Knicks. Because mm-hmm. it could happen. Because you see him like cozy up with Dolan in like courtside games. You know yeah. what I mean? Leon was the other agent that was just like that. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my man Dolan was just like, oh, all right. She, she don't want to fuck me? Fuck that bitch. I'm going <laughs> to go to the second, second, uh, second pretty one or whatever the hell. <laughs> so he went with his homie Leon. You know, got him involved. And... I think at this like in a roundabout way, my thing is um, with the CP3 move. I think once you accept the fact we're not gonna tank, it makes sense just because for all the reasons you outlined, he's good for the culture. He's probably like the smartest basketball player ever, arguably. You know what I mean? There's so many goats out there you could put in that conversation, but point point God is an earned reputation that he he one thousand one thousand percent deserved. Like CP3, I'm speaking of. So I think him coming in, obviously he'll fill that role of just um short-term starting point guard and it's definitely going to be short-term because one he's like old as shit and two his contract is only for two years and he'll be obviously the mentoring thing like i think it was i I fuck with the vision obviously of bringing in veterans last summer to help the Mm -hmm. young kids but like in retrospect with hindsight they wasn't the right like veterans obviously like the proof is in the pudding that that i don't think you can argue that and obviously we discussed last podcast coaching plays a role but i think CB3 is, like, the most right, quote-unquote, veteran you could get for a young team. You know, like like you mentioned, Shy Gilgis. Shy Gilgis, I think, he mentioned in an interview, he's like, yo, like, I could just be chilling in the locker room. CB3 will come and just, like, give you tips that I didn't even think would think of. You know what I mean? And he'll ask, like, CB3 questions constantly. And Chris Paul, at this point, at this stage in the game, he it's his reputation is, like, needs to be sterling because you got to remember he's also the president of the Players' Union. So if like if he comes to a team and he just plays like bad soldier and he's like makes a fuss about not wanting to be there, it's just a bad look. Right. But like I think if we bring him in, he'll be utmost in terms of professionalism and raise the young kids. Obviously, help us get some W's. Like as long as he's healthy. It's a very. Yeah. But, I, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, the uh, the being president of the basketball uh, players association because. Like I, if the more I think about it, I, the better idea, the better of an idea it sounds to me. Because especially if they trade away Julius Randle and all these one-year contracts are going to be off the books, who else is left? Who mm-hmm. else take up our cap, our cap, our salary cap? And like, exactly. what other players are we trying to hold on to? The rest of the team are young core guys and they're rookie contracts. Next two years, we should be okay with our salary cap. Bringing Chris Paul, bringing some other savvy veterans and try to get the ninth seed or eighth seed or maybe even seventh seed let rj know what it feels like to win the game let mitchell know yo mitchell is gonna get lob after lob after lob and he's gonna kill it oh frank is gonna 
Frank is already one of the smartest players in that team. He's going to get even smarter. He's going to know how to play even better defense and better offense. Facts, yo. And the thing is, like, I think they're definitely shooting for 8 seed next season, or if there is a season, because we're, we're still talking about sports in this context as if, like, sports will be the same afterwards. Hmm. So, like, let's keep that in mind, because there's a distinct possibility that shit might be fucked for a minute. Yep. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, norm- normalcy might, might not be a thing till like, 2021, to be honest with you. But... Keeping that in mind, keeping the impending doom in the back of our head, in the context of just sports, like, um, I also lost my point again. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, I was just making a point, that, like, if sports are real, yeah. then, like, yeah, we're going to be shooting for the eighth seed. Yeah. And the thing is, my one kind of counterpoint, and, like, we're just kind of arguing with ourselves here because we're just on the same page. Like, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be mad at the idea of CP3, but it's not like, I'm not going to, like, you know, die on a hill to be like, yo, trade for CP3 or like, you know, you guys are idiots. No, it's not like that. But it's something they want to pursue. I, I can see the vision, but it's got to be the right package. Like, we shouldn't be giving up any draft no, picks. Definitely you know what not. I mean? To be honest, like, they should be, like, as great as he was this year, CP3. And it, like, it's crazy how, like, I didn't expect that kind of season out of him. I thought he would just, low key, he might have been naive, but I thought he would just, like, tank the season. He just played lazy because he's like, he didn't want to be there. But, you know, president of the, of the Players Association, he can't be putting on like that. But I think um, just in terms of his play, I don't think there's going to be a steep drop-off. But I don't know. I mean, I'm with it. But it's also just like you got to consider the fact that, like, his contract is still really bad. They gotta, they're going to have to – there's a distinct possibility he could just fall off a cliff next season, so they're going to have to give us picks to take that contract because if he just becomes ass next season and he just turns into, like, Jason Kidd on the Knicks in 2013, which was not a bad player, but he's a role player, right, instead of just being, like, the almost all-star level he was this season, that's a super bad contract, bro, and it's just going to be bad on us. That's why, like, my counterpoint, like, is just, yo, just go sign Van Vliet. Overpay him a little bit, but even if you overplay Fred Van Vliet, It'll still be less than what Chris Paul is making, and also he's like a decade younger. You know what I mean? And just to clarify, would so you rather go for Van Vliet over Ingram? I don't know. Um, if that's- I think Ingram's a I think Ingram's a pipe dream. First of all, he's restricted. Dudes like that that like if you're a top three pick and you show any semblance of potential and you hit the restricted free agency market, those guys almost always just end up being resigned, mm-hmm. bro. So it's like I think it would just be a waste of time for us to even pursue him. But, hey, why not? Just throw him an offer, see if, like, a small market like New Orleans will match. But I doubt it, you know, because, to be honest with you, I think he's the crown jewel of the AD trade because I'm much higher on Ingram than on, on than Ball, to be honest with you. But, you know, people can differ on that. But I don't, I don't think he's a consideration. I think at that point it just comes out to, would you want to go trade for CP3 or sign Van Fleet, you know? But I heard, you know, you probably always already seen the Christian Wood. Yeah. Wood, like, what do you think of that? It's not bad. I think he's just—he's <laughs> a guy. He's—he's he's he he got some skill. If you have strong Christian Wood opinions, you just either related to the man <laughs> or like you—you're an ex. Or you're <laughs> <laughs> you one of his exes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just went to his basketball reference page when I saw that rumor. I was like, oh okay, he's 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 a stretch four. He shoot threes. It's like he's in. He doesn't shoot them fucking, often, but fucking when he Anthony Randall all them. over again. That's that's the kind of shit it's gonna be. No, because. <laughs> Damn, you take it way back, man! I fell for that internet hype so much because he got drafted in 08. We traded for him in 2010. He's like 20 years old. Motherfuckers comparing him to like, oh, he's if he gets his head right, he's Lamar Odom <laughs> slash Marcus Camby. My goodness, man! I never seen a dumber player in my life. And I remember last week we I said the same about Julius Randle and Dennis Smith. Forgive me, Anthony Randall. <laughs> <laughs> that man was the dumbest. Like him, Tony Douglas. And I say dumb in terms of, like, basketball IQ. They could be fine, upstanding gentlemen outside. Scholars. If, if you want to start this list, you know I mean? we can, we're going to go a while. Because oh, you already, you already named, like, four Nick players. Uniform? You didn't even name Andrea Bargnani. I don't think Bargnani was dumb. I just think he didn't give a nah, fuck. Nah, he was definitely dumb. I, no, I just think he didn't, I just think he didn't on, give a man. fuck. Like, he, had the worst pl- <laughs> he had one of the worst plays of the decade when he caught the rebound, shot the three, bricked that shit, and we lost the game because of it. That's my thing. I think he knew exactly what he was doing, <laughs> but he was just like, "Ooh, cash!" He just threw that shit up. Like I'm about, to, I'm about to be the hero. <laughs> Yo, my dude tried to dunk for the free head. throw line and broke his elbow. That's another. That's another thing. I think he was just like, 
He was driving, and he was like, fuck it, why not? And just take off from where I am. Whoops. You know what I mean? I kind of respect the vision. But, no, you already know my feelings about that. Yeah, trade, yeah, like, yeah. On some real shit. That, that bar entry was yeah. terrible. But I just thought, like, looking back on it now with some dark humor involved, like, that shit was he- funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine you, Andre Barnier, you've been, like, established as a bust. Your team wants to trade you. The, the the strong metropolitan team of New York City who just had their best season in like 20 years just threw up two draft picks for you. Like, I'll, I'll be lit. You know what I mean? Are you kidding me? I stopped caring about basketball five years ago. You want me to come play in New York? <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's the Bargnani internal monologue. He came. Fucking, I, I, there was some, so many games where I saw the look on Melo's face <laughs> when Bargnani would just fuck up. And I'm just like, God damn it. I, that hurt my soul, bro. Yeah. So many moments like that as a Knicks fan, it's sad. It's really sad. We just got really dark. This is the darkest moment of our podcast. Can you talk about all the real shit we talked about? I, I think... Why you do this nah, to me? Nah, it's just like, we have so many different kinds of fans on Knicks Twitter especially, and now people are calling for Melo to come back to the Knicks, and it's like, it'd be cool, but why should that even be like a consideration right now? Why Why even take the time to write out that tweet? And just say, yo, we should bring Melo back. And what's good with this Jeremy Lin like montage right now? Every day, it's it's just different videos of Jeremy Lin from the Knicks. They're posting it. I think it's oh yeah, it's like they're like reliving the Lin for, for this whole week. week I think it's at least seven days in a row on Instagram and Twitter. It's just I mean, nonstop to, Jeremy. To be Lin. fair, they've been doing that though. To be fair, they've been doing that though. I think it was like last week they did something about the nineties Knicks, or like in a week before that it was like a marathon about the ninety nine. They were showing the uh, like, well, yeah, I guess I okay. I think it's just like yeah, everybody's star for content now, bro. It's just like, all right, fuck it. Where's the where's the clips of the Asian boy that had a hard eight hard eight game streak? <laughs> like, fuck it, <laughs> put him on our national TV. Why not? But no, the, the funny thing is, like, they've been having this Lin Sandy week week or whatever probably planned for weeks, months even ahead of time. And like, you probably seen this on Nick's Twitter too. Um, motherfucking Howard Beck was throwing a hissy fit that uh. Oh, the Knicks didn't honor Lynn properly when he came back. And, like, <laughs> bro, are you kidding me? Uh, it, yo, it was fire, no doubt. Lynn Sandy was super fire. It was, like, a crazy moment, especially within the context of that season. As Knicks fans, we appreciate that shit so much because in that season, we literally tried everybody at point yep. guard. That was, like, that was when Mike D'Antoni even was at the end of his rope with Tony Doug. He says, all right, you are literally the worst. Like... <laughs> No, no, you just have rocks for brains. Like when he pulled him out, he's like, "All right, fuck it, get the Asian kid from G League. Like, give me, give me that kid. Well, why not? Fuck it. You know what I mean? Then you put him in there. Lynn cooked. Props to him. That was super fire. We went on a win streak. And um, I didn't appreciate the fucking like the, the little conflict that they were just trying to manufacture between Lynn and Mello. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. But still, it was just thirty-five games, bro. And then he didn't even play in the playoffs for him. Which at that time, to be fair. I didn't fault him for sitting out that playoff game, but at the end of the day, he didn't play any playoff games for us, you know? And then, like, Howard Beck is just a dickhead. That's just mm-hmm. my point right here. It has nothing to do with Lynn. Like, uh, props to Lynn for what he's accomplished, obviously. I think it's impressive that a undrafted kid from Harvard even even just got to the level that he did, you know, in terms of just, like, notoriety and, and the NBA. But Howard Beck, that's, like, the weirdest thing to even make an issue of. Like, Jeremy Lynn, my dude, like, come on now. <laughs> There's so many things you could complain to to about the Knicks, but like a dude like Beck, just like the thing about like I'm going on another tangent. The thing about trolls like Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless, right? Is like they know they're doing what they're doing or saying what they're saying to rile people up. This man Howard Beck genuinely believes he's some kind of white knight in shining mm-hmm. armor that's shining the truth bomb on the Knicks like hellhole of franchise. You know what I mean? Like you could tell he has obvious disdain and hate for Dolan, and that just clouds his judgment because he'll just he'll literally nitpick about the stupidest shit. But then during the Phil Jackson era, he was he would like just fucking the <laughs> Phil Jackson's like every other press conference. I'm telling you, bro, he's dropping, like, the fucking pieces here and there during that whole era about, like, oh, Phil's really not that bad. Or, like, oh, he's he, he has a vision. Or, like, the Knicks finally have, like, somebody in charge that knows what he's talking about. None of that was true. And then to this day, Beck won't even admit that he was biased about the Phil Jackson, like, regime. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He'll, he'll hold the Knicks, uh, you know, 
to such a high standard and just rip them apart for anything else. But then that, like, three-year period, oh, nah, that's when they were, like, on the right track, but Dolan interfered. Even though everybody, even non-Knicks fans, were just like, yeah, he had to go. Phil Jackson was just fucking crazy. You know what I mean? But that's just my Howard Beck rant. I know Schwinny Poo has that has that avenue on lockdown mm-hmm. with the pulsing and toasting boys, but you know, I could get some, like, licks in. You know what I mean? Fuck it. <laughs> Any thoughts on Howard no, Beck? No, none whatsoever. I don't like wasting my breath on Howard Beck. I don't I don't think too much on him. I don't really care about Howard Beck like that. I mean, I could he's, waste one more breath he's a, he's on a, him. He's annoying, but yeah, no. What what else you got? Was there anything else you want to add? No, I'm, I'm about to waste three bets, breaths on him, honestly. Like, he a bitch. Three breaths right there. there you go. But, um, yeah, you know, good stuff. Very good stuff. <laughs> good episode. Do you want to put a ball in it? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We could, we could wrap this up. Time check, this was, yeah. uh it is Ramadan for our listeners. Oh, we're, yo, happy so. Ramadan to all the listeners who are celebrating. And uh, we, we probably should have said this in the beginning. We do hope that everyone listening is safe and sound. And uh, same goes to their families mm-hmm. and friends. And even colleagues, honestly. I hope I, I do hope my colleagues are okay going back. Like, I don't, God forbid, anything were to happen. Um, eh. I just hope, yeah. yeah like I, I could take it or leave it with the colleagues. Huh? Yeah. Take it or leave it. I could take it or leave it with the colleagues, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like this is this is a tough time for everybody, and you know, you and I need to do this for for our own like mental sake too, just to get through this. Um, and yeah. uh, we're just, you know, we're just spitballing here. We're just talking whatever the hell we want to talk about, and you guys are just in our in our world right now. Yeah, and then like you know, disclaimer for those that are actually going to be listening. Like which is way down the line after we record this, and, like, <laughs> this bad boy. There's gonna be there's gonna be some choppiness and some editing going on because uh, you could say your boys a little rusty. We're a little rusty, I guess, but this podcast podcasting shit. Podcasting, you know, but podcasting indeed. Yeah. That's a new word for you, ass. <laughs> all right, but um, thank you all for listening. If you made it this far into the episode, it's only an hour long. It's not bad. Um, thank you guys for listening. We should continue this quarantine edition of the show as long as it's, as long as there's quarantine, there will be a Nickish episode where we where Nafi and I just talk anything. We went we talk from fucking politics to Marvel to to community to the Knicks and everything. That's 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 our friendship in a nutshell. Bro, I was so confused. You said community. I was like, we talked about our community. Nah, 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 we don't talk about oh, our community. No, you, you met the show. <laughs> I was about to say, like, what in the hell? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it was good yep. stuff. I mean, yeah, you pretty much covered it all. I mean, you did say we're pretty much going to be recording episodes up until this quarantine's over. So, well, y'all, y'all not gonna get rid of us until at least twenty twenty two. Then, <laughs> shit. <laughs> to be all the way, especially the way Georgia and Florida are moving right now. Yo, the second wave about to come is like bitch slap the shit out of us. Like, bro, bro, it's not gonna be pretty. I'm like, like on some real shit, dead ass. Rest in peace to those that are like lost their lives to COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually had like a um, like a classmate from my like my class of uh my 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 graduating class in high school. She passed away oh, from shit. it. Like my age, like dead ass. That shit like hit me like a ton of bricks. Like she was cool as shit. Um. Shit is wild, bro. You, you, I went on the GoFundMe page. I was like, God damn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of them things. That's when, like, obviously it was real before then, but that's just, like, it's a cliche. It don't feel real until it hits yeah. home. And that's just, like, I think that just boils down to, like, at, at their core, us human beings are hedonistic and narcissistic creatures. As much as we don't want to deny it, you know what I mean? We're only really tied up in our own self-interest, which includes our family and stuff, right? But then when it hits, like... So and that on that coin, when something hits us like this, and it hits home, yo, that's when it becomes real. Like on on some very real. Yeah, shit, no, there you know, so. there's some really sad stories out there, and I'll just throw one more in there. There's a some some brown family, and uh, unfortunately they're not family anymore because the uh, the dad passed away, and then the mom passed away like a week later, and they have an infant born and like a two year old. So now those kids are gonna go for adoption. That was that was oh, one of the man, sadder bro. ones I heard. That's that shit hurt. Chill, rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace, bro. So, like, legitimately out there, yo, practice safe, social distancing. Don't leave the crib unless you have to. Absolutely, like, yo, take precaution. Wear a mask when you leave the crib when you do need to do it. Like, yo, don't be fucking stupid about this, please, please. Like, if you've been stupid every day of your life up until now in life, today's the day to stop. 
<laughs> like, and when serious, the weather gets like, warmer, dude, that's when everybody's gonna go out and they're gonna they're gonna think that because the weather's warmer, it's gonna go away. It doesn't. The virus doesn't work that way. There's no proof that warm weather will eliminate the virus. This shit's here Yo, to stay. Let this be. Let this be to, uh, like a public service announcement. Let this be your mission for the quarantine for the listening public and like tell a friend and tell your have your friends tell their friends. But like yo, just, just like it, as long as this pandemic's going on, just make it in your head to just like yo, let's prove Thanos wrong. He was not right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like dead ass. Like let that be. If that could like actually convince you, like all right, you know what Thanos was wrong. All right, Captain Bangladesh. <laughs> No, I'm dead ass. Like, cause at this point, he's making a, tell him his case is being made for him right now. Like, rest in peace, Thanos. Long gone. You know what I mean? But <laughs> never <yo>. forgotten. <laughs> Man, man's legacy and his message is living on strong. Like, no understatement. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're gonna wrap this up. If you are listening to us again, thanks. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube at Nickish Show. And uh, keep you know keep on staying tuned for our episodes, and um, you know please stay safe out there. Keep your family safe, keep yourself safe, and uh, we hope that you get to continue listening to our episodes safely. Yep, yep. And I would like to add just one note that like uh, you know in our two uh, you know quarantine episodes so far, we conspicuously have not mentioned the Last Dance, which has been a major cultural event, yep. obviously. So like. We're gonna like to our listeners. Our next episode, episode three coming up, is gonna be the last dance episode. Or you know, we'll try to cover that as much as possible because you know we're such kooky cats, as Nilo outlined. We might just talk about like the Earth's circumference in comparison <laughs> to like I don't know my left nut. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, you know, stay safe, take care, <laughs> don't be an idiot. <laughs> so. <laughs> Where the fuck should you go up with that? Alright, uh, alright, peace out, guys. Peace.